Welcome to the Trading and Chilling Podcast. I'm your host, John Gordon. Today, we're going to be talking about life, the mindset, what it takes to become a successful trader, and much, much more. So stay tuned and get excited for what's to come. I say we because I want you, the listeners, to interact and talk about your experiences. So even if you're at the beginner level, the expert level, or the pro level, I want to know. Or if you're someone that's interested and want to know more about getting into trading or investing in general, you've came to the right podcast. What I want to do is I want to build a platform for traders by traders. So sit back, take notes, take lots of notes. And let's make this money, baby. Let's go. All right, guys, we got some breaking news today. Breaking news, breaking news. They're doing a press conference with the feds. The feds are doing a live press conference talking about tightening the um, – talking about uh, the interest rate hike that they're about to do in March. You guys watch out. You know, this today, this is going to – who knows what they're going to talk about, you know. Uh, it's live right now on CNBC. Um, but yeah, there, this is going to affect, so we might have another crash coming depending on what they're talking about. I wanted to ask, you were talking about the health of the labor market, and I'm curious whether you would characterize where we're at right now as maximum employment. So let's listen in on what they're talking about. Obviously, after that, you guys make y'all decision as to what you all are gonna do. But I know if it just does affect, I know if this does affect the market, man, I am buying the dip most definitely. So, so let's check it out. Let's check it out. And this view is widely held on the committee that both sides of the mandate are calling for us to move steadily away. From the very highly accommodative policy. This is three minutes long. During the challenging economic. This is three minutes long. So let's let's check out what he's talking about. Um, I wanted to ask. You were talking about the health of the labor market, and I'm curious whether you. There's just a little snippet, guys. There's just a little snippet. So let's see what they're talking about. As you can see, the market's already crashing now. Do you think that the Fed can raise rates, bring inflation under control without hurting jobs and wages? Sorry, just getting to a both parts of your question written down. Um, so I would say, and this view is widely held on the committee, that both sides of the mandate are calling for us to move steadily away from the very highly accommodative policies we put in place during the challenging economic conditions that the economy faced earlier in the pandemic. And I, I would say that most FOMC participants agree that labor market conditions are consistent with maximum employment in the sense of the highest level of employment that is consistent with price stability. And that is that is my personal view. Um, and, and again, very broad support on the committee for the judgment that it will soon be appropriate to raise the target range uh, for the federal funds rate. The other thing is maximum employment 
will will evolve over time and through the course of a business cycle. In the particular situation we're in now, it may well increase max, the level of maximum of employment that's consistent with stable prices may increase. And we hope that it will as uh, more people come back into the labor market as participation gradually rises. And the policy path that we're broadly contemplating would be supportive of that, come, that outcome as well. So the thing about the labor market right now is that there are, there are many millions of, of more job openings than there are unemployed people. So you ask whether we can, whether we can uh, uh, raise rates and, and move to less accommodative and even tight financial conditions without hurting the labor market. I think there's quite a bit of room to raise interest rates without threatening the labor market. This is, by so many measures, a historically tight labor market. Uh, record levels of job openings, uh, quits, wages are moving up at the highest pace they have in decades. Um, if you look at surveys um, of workers, they find jobs plentiful. Look at surveys of companies that find workers scarce. And all of those readings are at levels really that we haven't seen in a long time, and in some cases ever. So this is a very, very strong labor market. And my strong sense is that we can, we can, uh, we can move uh, rates up without, uh, without having to you know, severely undermine it. I also would point out that there are there are other forces at work this year, which should also help bring down inflation. We hope, including improvement on the supply side, which will ultimately come at the timing and pace of that are uncertain. And also, fiscal policy is going to be uh, less supportive of, of growth this year, not at the level of economic activity, but the fiscal impulse to growth will be significantly lower. So there are multiple forces which should be working over the course of the year. For inflation to come down, uh, we, we do realize that the timing and pace of that are are highly uncertain, and that uh, inflation has persisted longer than we um, than we thought. And of course, we're prepared to use our tools to assure that higher inflation does not become entrenched. So that was the quid snippet, man. Uh, you guys tune into CNBC and see what they're talking about. You know, and make y'all so own. Most, according to the DAPA, I mean, the most likely more case is that you will have to cut rates in the next 18 months. Um, and given some of the concerns about, uh, you know, policy needing to react sooner and more aggressively, um, what, what would have been the downsides to cutting rates now? Why not just cut them now? Um, so why not, why not now? Um, and I would say there was not much support for cutting rates now at this meeting. There was, as you see, a number of people wrote down rate cuts, but all of those, but apparently one, felt that um, that it would be better to see more to uh, before moving. And, and I gave a couple of reasons why that is the case. First, it's just the fact that some of these developments are, are so recent that we want to to see whether whether uh, whether they'll sustain. So we felt that it would be better to get a clearer picture of things and that we would in fact learn a lot about these developments in the near term. Ultimately, the question we're going to be asking ourselves is, are these risks going to be continuing to weigh on the outlook? And uh, we will act as needed, including promptly if that's appropriate, uh, and use our tools to, expand, to sustain the expansion. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for doing this, uh, Chairman. Edward Lawrence from Fox Business. Network. But what they want to know is... Um, we the conflicting economic data coming in. You know, on one hand, you have strong overall growth. Uh, consumer spending is strong. On the other hand, uh, manufacturing numbers were a little bit weaker. Um, you have growth in jobs, but coming in a little weaker. And then you have low inflation. And then specifically, what data are you looking at that you decided not to have a rate cut? What are you gave a pretty good picture. I mean, it's it's a it's a complicated picture, and you know the answer is we look at all of it. I would say the big pieces of it are this: the the baseline outlook has been a good one, and that has basically been consumer spending coming back up in the second quarter. That is that is coming true, um, and consumer spending is at a healthy level, and that makes sense. You've got a tight labor market. You've got companies in surveys saying that labor is scarce. You've got workers in surveys saying that jobs are plentiful. You've got wages going up. You've got high levels of household confidence. So all of that underlying fundamentals for the consumer spending part of the economy, which is 70% of the economy, is quite solid. Job creation, if you take a three-month average, is still well above um, you know, the entry, level of entry into the workforce. So that part of the economy is solid. You mentioned manufacturing, and we're seeing this all around the world. Manufacturing, investment, and trade have been have been weaker. It's not solely a domestic uh, issue, and, and it, it may be that there are a range of factors that are contributing to that, including, for example, uh, what China has done over the last couple of years in, in working to bring down its leverage. Um, uh, some of it may be uh, uncertainty over, over your supply chains due to of trade developments, the Boeing 737 issues may be contributing in their own way. So their, their lower oil prices are contributing to a lower investment, uh, although they're also leading to lower gas prices, which supports spending. So there are many, many things. There isn't any one thing that explains it all, but it's it is a, it's a, it's a something that we're watching. But you do see uh, growth in services. So you this pattern around the world of weak manufacturing, but growth in the far larger part of the services economy. Uh, which has led to low unemployment, good job creation, rising wages. So that, that's kind of the, the the two big pieces of it that you see. Um, then you see the cross currents. If you lay the cross currents on top of that, concerns about global growth and trade developments, you have the full picture. And I think what that picture, what we took away from that picture is that we'd like to see more, uh, that uh, we, we do see these risks, and what we want to do is we want to watch and see whether they continue to weigh upon the outlook. So that was basically Colin Powell answering a bunch of uh, important questions to people that were asking him. So if you guys want... ...is solid, and uh, business investment has been slowed by uncertainty. I'd like to get your thinking on what a Fed rate cut would do. Have you modeled uh, the additional growth and inflation you might get from a rate cut? Can you identify any sectors that would benefit from a lower cost of capital? Or is this really about the Fed being the only game in town? Well, we, we have the tools we have, and we're committed and sworn to use them to support economic activity. And they do support economic activity through through a number of, number of channels that are reasonably well understood. Uh, some more directly tied to interest rates than others, but we do generally believe that that uh, uh, interest rate policy can can support uh, demand and support business, business investment as well. And so we we will will we'll use those tools and 
using that we see as appropriate to achieve our objectives, which really are to sustain this expansion. And I would just make a note of that. Uh, the reason why we said sustain the expansion is you're seeing now for the, for the first time um, you know, communities that are being brought into the benefits of this expansion that hadn't been earlier. You're, you're 10 years deep into this, and that's something we heard quite a lot at the uh, conference in Chicago when we review. And I just would say that's why we think, it's one of the reasons why we think it's so important to sustain the expansion, keep it, keep, keep it going, because we really are benefiting uh, groups that haven't seen uh, you know, this kind of prosperity in a long time. Fed policy can solve those problems. So we, we take the you know we we take the cross currents as, as a given, and we, we have our tools. I, I, you know we we don't uh, we, we react to anything in principle that uh, could undermine our achievement of our dual mandate goals, maximum employment, stable prices, is worthy of our attention and can call for a policy response. And uh, that's just how we look. Hi, Victoria Guido with Politico. Um, you said that the Fed doesn't take short-term political considerations into account and you've defended the Fed's independence. So I was wondering, is, is there a point at which uh, you think that publicly or privately you should push back on the president's criticisms rather than ignoring him? And uh, also, do you think that you and the president have the same goals when it comes to monetary policy? You know, I don't, I don't discuss elected officials publicly or privately really. So I, uh, I will just say that we are at the Fed, we're deeply committed to carrying out our mission. Um, and, and also that our independence from direct political control we see as an important institutional feature that has served both the economy and the, and the country well. So yeah, that's gonna be it for today with this. Um, so yeah, I just wanted you guys to listen into a few stuff. So basically, they're gonna keep the keep it as is the interest rate. They're not gonna mess with it, even though yes, it's there's gonna be a a, 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 a small a hike coming in March. They're not really gonna mess with it as much. It's gonna stay the same. So prepare for this hike in March. It's 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 still on board. Um so you guys keep a lookout for the dips leading in from now into March. You know, market basically the market has been anxious awaiting the Fed's decision. Stocks added to gains afterwards while government bond yield more. Where government bonds were mostly, where government bond yields were mostly higher throughout, throughout only slightly. This is in on the CNBC um, webpage. Um, investors had been expecting the Feds to tee up the first of multiple rate hikes, and in fact, are pricing in a much aggressive schedule this year than FOMC officials indicated in their December outlook. At that time, the committee penciled in, penciled in 
325 buyers points moving this year while the market is present pricing and four hikes according to CME uh, CME's FedWatch tool that can put that computes the probability throughout the Fed's funds future market uh, traders are anticipating a fund rate by the end of the year of about 1% from the near zero range where it's currently pegged. Uh, federal officials have been expressing concerns lately about persistent inflation following months of insisting that the price increase were transitory. Uh, consumer price are up 7% from a year ago and uh, the fastness consumer prices are up 7% from a year ago the fastest 12 months pace since the summer of 1982 the duration of the inflation has caused officials to rethink a strategy that has produced the easiest monetary policy in Fed history. The central bank slashed its benchmark rate to a target of 0% to 0.25% in the early days of the COVID pandemic and has been buying billions of dollars in treasury and mortgage-backed securities each month. Uh, that program sometimes called correlative easing uh, has brought the Fed's total assets on its balance sheet to nearly $9 trillion. Market participants expect the Feds will wait a few months and start allowing some of the proceeds from its bond holdings to run off each month while reinvesting the rest. As things stand as things stand now, the Feds reinvest all of those proceeds. Uh, markets were aware of Powell's post-meeting news conference for more clues about when the reduction in bonds holdings might begin. Goldman Sachs said a few days ago that it expects balance sheets reduction to start in June at a pace of $100 billion a month. Dang. Has doubled the pace of the previous move of a runoff several years ago. So, you guys do your research on this. You know, uh, JP Morgan, Morgan Stanley, Mike Wilson warns about them doubling down on a defense because stock will plummet another 10% is what they're talking about at Morgan Stanley. So like I said, this might cause it to, to dip again. Just continue buying these dips at discounts, discounted rates. That's all I got to say with that. Keep buying these at discounted rates, man. So that's the best I can say. Y'all keep a lookout. Like I said, the Federal Reserve 
points to interest rate hikes coming in March. It's still live. So you guys can go ahead and watch it either online or on, on the YouTube or on TV. So you guys keep a lookout on that. Well, but without further ado, this was just breaking news for the day. You know, I, I think I'm going to come out with a segment where it's just breaking news. And I'm going to highlight like the most important things that are coming out that are in the news, actually, um, as I get them. But other than that, without further ado, I want to thank all y'all for listening. You know, I want to thank all y'all for listening and all y'all for tuning in from around the world. I want to thank my old listeners as well as my new listeners and the listeners that are that are coming, you know. You guys are the ones that make this channel. Like I said before in my previous podcast episodes, man, I'm diamond handed, man. You know, you know, look out for the ISO 222 that's about to drop in March. That's basically all the hedge funds and the governments and everything like that. They're going to start looking into investing in cryptos heavily. So you guys, if all the big businesses, you guys keep a lookout for those as well because they're coming for the stable coins. So, you know, also they're going to relist Ripple XRP. So you guys keep a lookout for that too. I can easily see all these stable coins hitting $15, you know, $25 a coin, you know, $30 a coin, you know. So y'all keep a lookout for that. Y'all keep investing. Y'all keep diamond handing, you know, don't be scared of a little dip. Um, it ain't nothing, you know. So y'all stay motivated, y'all keep investing, you know, y'all keep diamond-handed, you know, and I'll see you guys on the rise, you know. Uh, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just giving y'all plays that I'm getting into, you know, so that way you guys can make money as well. If you're a beginner, if you're an expert already, you know, same to you guys, too. You know, I'm just giving y'all plays that I'm getting into. Um, I'm doing my research, you know, so that way you guys don't have to. Uh, you guys, like I said, I still say do y'all research anyways, you know. But other than that, we all go. Let's make this money, baby. All right, peace out. I'll see y'all in the next episode. But, yeah, let me know what y'all think, you know. Join the Telegram, you know. Let me know what y'all think and join the Telegram. It's free. So everybody's going to interact with everybody, man. That's what I want, you know. Everybody's feedback, everybody's energy, everybody's ideas. So that way we can talk about it, you know. Make a podcast episode of it, you know. And then you guys are going to tune in whenever I go live on, uh, on the episodes where you guys can actually jump on and interact on a live session of the podcast. You know, we could talk about anything financial, business, and entrepreneurship-wise. You know, that's what I want. To be honest with you, that'd be great. So, um, so, so if you want to hop on to the podcast, you know, join the Telegram group. You want to do an interview, join the Telegram group, you know. Send me a message on there. Let me know. You know? Uh, but other than that, 
I'm your boy, John Gordon, and I'm out. Peace. See y'all later. Bye.